Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Live from the Southern Bancorp Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg, it's the Eagle Hour on a freezing Friday. Happy to have you along, Luke Johnson, Kelly Center, Michael Mergens, producing for us today. I'm going to talk to Jason Baker a little later, the play-by-play voice for Golden Eagle Basketballs. The ladies... Win a thriller last night in Reed Green uh, Coliseum. We'll talk more about the men's game here in just a second, but like to uh, welcome you on a very, very chilly Friday uh, to the Eagle Hour, whether you're listening to us a little later in podcast form or whether you're joining us live. We appreciate you uh, tuning in every day to listen to uh, commentary and uh, news and updates on Southern Miss sports. First segment, as always, brought to you by uh, Dickie's Barbecue, located in a community near you. Lots of stuff going on. And what more, Kelly Sander, uh, a romantic getaway to your neighborhood Dickies to eat barbecue. It's only, uh, you know, it's less than, uh, 10 days away. Valentine's Day is, and, and I know you're in love with the with the ice cream they serve. Yeah, but how pathetic is that, that I would go to Dickie's on, <laughs> on Valentine's it's by, good food, though. by myself and, and just, you know, enjoy a bowl of ice cream? Of course, it would be really kind of a synopsis of my entire life, but, uh, but nonetheless, yeah, and don't forget Dickie's too, Luke, if you're planning a Super Bowl party and don't want to have to worry about cooking all that stuff, uh, because it is an official Super Bowl, so there'll be more parties, you know, this year than it's usual. Because the because the Bengals are, are playing in it, that's why it's official. That's right. This will only be the third Super Bowl that we've ever <laughs> official Super Bowl <laughs> that, that we've ever had. And you know, as we begin the show today, Luke, I really thought that we were going to be sitting here today talking about a Golden Eagle basketball victory. I really did. I, I thought the way that they played in the first half, you know, leading the first half, uh, that that it was going to be their night. That uh, maybe would turn the corner and get that that first one. You know. Um, in a, in a while, under their belts, and then go on to FAU Saturday and maybe have some more success. But just wasn't meant to be, man. Ran out of gas down the down the stretch, and about the last what eight minutes or so, they didn't didn't have a bucket at all. And of course, that has been that's been the whole season. I mean, these streaks of either hot or cold, but cold at the least opportune times. And even after having a three point lead at half, FIU wins at seventy seven to sixty seven. But uh, your thoughts on last night's game now before they head to FAU tomorrow? Well, usually we're the victims of uh, scoreless stretches or the other team, you know, really uh, stretching it out. But mm-hmm. man, the Eagles—they went—they went on a seventeen to two run in the first half, and uh, really saw Isaiah Moore come on during um, that stretch. He scored uh, seven of his nine points uh, during that time, and so they went up by three. And and when you look at the second half, I mean. Where the Eagles went cold, they didn't go cold from the field. They were 12 of 25, shot 48% in the first half. They they were 15 of 31, so they shot 48.4% in the second half. Eagles win the three balls, 7 of 12 in the first half, 1 of 6 down the stretch. So, as you said, 
um, less opportunities in uh, in the second half, and they weren't able really to uh, to hit uh, the three ball. Um, you look at some of the other you know issues that have plagued the Eagles this year. Only nine turnovers. Um, they dominated on on the boards. Twenty three defensive uh, rebounds. They had nine offensive rebounds. They, FIU only had three. So I mean, they did good on on. Uh, you know, on, on rebounding, it was just, as you said, and you can talk more about it in the second half, man, they went cold at the absolute worst time and got outscored 47-34 in the second half. And really, the one thing that will help you when you shoot poorly is offensive rebounds. And they took care of business there as well, um, but just not quite well enough. When you look break down these statistics overall, I mean, it's incredibly close. From the floor, I mean, FIU shot right at 50%. Well, the Eagles shot... 48%. All right, so no no big difference there. The three-point category, FIU shot 48.1%, which that's really good, right? But, heck, the Eagles shot 44%. But, as you mentioned, that was mostly in the first half. From the free-throw line, the Panthers were right at 77%. The Eagles were at 62 A little bit of a difference there. But in the second half, you know, FIU, after only putting up 30 points in the first half, put up 47 in the second half, where the Eagles were pretty consistent at that 33 and 34 total for a 77 to 67 final. With that, FIU moves to 13 and 9 on the year. The Eagles go to 6 and 15 now, heading to FAU uh, tomorrow afternoon. Game two of a three game road trip. But Tyler Stevenson, Juan Pierre, Pierre had a great game. Uh, 21 points, and Tyler Stevenson, and, and they were a big part of why the Eagles were lighting it up from the outside. Yeah, Stevenson actually had a double-double, uh, 10 rebounds, had six on the defensive end, four offensive uh, rebounds. Um, both of them were the only Golden Eagles in, in double digits. As we mentioned, Moore had nine, Pinckney had seven, uh, Mo Arnold had seven. And it was a game where uh, Mormon played less than 10 minutes, but there were only eight – other than Mormon, there were only eight guys that really got on the floor. Pierre Stevenson, Pinkney, Bolden, and Napper all started. Moore had 17 minutes. Arnold had 15, and Najee Harris had had 12. So it was a. It, it comes down to it. I dove a little deeper in, in the stats. We had one three pointer in the second half. FIU had eight. So that was the the key to the ball game. The exact same amount of made field goals for both teams in first and second half. Eagles had 12 uh, field goals in the first half. FIU had 12. Eagles had 15 in the second half. FIU had 15. Eagles hit seven three-pointers in the first half. FIU hits five. Second half, Eagles hit one. FIU hit eight. So that is really the, the the difference in the game, and both teams, like we said, didn't turn it over uh, very much at all. And and Jay Ladner, he, he said this after the game. This was the the message to the team, and you know you've kind of heard this, but it is true though. He just he said you got to told the guys to to keep plugging away because we really played hard and we did a lot of good things, and they were they were apart from not shooting. I'm not making more threes in the second half. It was really 33 points in the first half, 34 points in the second half. And uh, when when you do that, um, and just when a team catches fire behind behind the arc, it's just hard to to make up for that. And that was the difference. Well, the Eagles the Eagles used nine players last night, and the Panthers used ten. But Jones coming off the bench for FIU, 23 points. Um, anytime you get somebody that comes off the bench. And you almost hesitate to even use the phrase chips in, 
<laughs> because that would mean yeah. you know a point here or there. But 23 points off the bench. Love it and Brewer were each in double figures also. Uh, did you see Panthers. did you see Denver's shooting percentage from last night? Denver Jones shooting <laughs> I, percentage. I did not. He's 100%. He went 8 of 8 and went and 7 of 7 of those were behind the three-pointer. So 7 of his 8 shots he made last night were three-pointers. He went perfect. 1 of 1 um inside the arc, 7 of 7 behind the arc in 29 minutes. So even so even if he misses 3 of those points, that game's t- I mean 3 of those shots. The game's essentially tied. Yep. Right. And and defensively, that's something you, you want to do every time is if, is only allow the other team three point shots and defy them to make them. Unfortunately, <laughs> the Panthers did make them. And you know, what are you going to do about that? I mean, there's nothing you can do coaching wise to, you know, if a guy lights it up, he lights it up. There's not a whole lot you can do. The fact that that it was only allowed to take three point shots should tell you a little bit something about your defense. But man, something good needs to happen to this Eagle team because nobody, nobody disputes the fact that the guys are still playing hard. And really, as a fan, that's all you want, right, is for your guys to, to play hard and compete. But you, you just hope that they're rewarded sometime real, real soon for that effort because it, it gets old after a while. You know, you've played sports at a very high level. It, it gets old when you keep working and it just it doesn't, you know, it doesn't turn into wins. When you look right now at, at the Conference USA standing, so if you if you count, there, there's one team at a 500 record, and typically 500 is considered a, a winning record. Ten out of the 14 teams have overall winning records in Conference USA this year. Uh, Marshall, Southern Miss, and UTSA, and actually Old Dominion. Old Dominion is four and four in the conference, but nine and twelve overall. But ten of the fourteen teams um, with a winning record, which should bode, bode well, you know, for the for the tournament. Obviously, Southern Miss uh, not in uh, last place in the West. UTSA is actually behind them because the Golden Eagles uh, are going to make up two games in the next two weeks with Western Kentucky and Marshall. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a in a in a pretty competitive conference USA. If you look at the East, Middle Tennessee five and two, FAU six and three, Charlotte Old Dominion tied at four and four. You got two teams at three and six on the west side. It's all North Texas eight and one, and then UAB seven and two, LaTeX seven and three, and UTEP six and three. And unfortunately, the Eagles have to go now to two teams that do have those above five hundred records, FAU and to UAB, which even though North Texas is the king of the hill right now, of course North Texas played in the NCAA tournament last year and came up with a first round win. But they will get another shot at UTSA. UTSA is coming back to Reed Green Coliseum. So if nothing else, maybe we can can uh, can get that one at home. But next up for the Eagles, a battle with the Owls of FAU tomorrow. Again, game two of that three-game road trip. When we come back, we'll shift gears and talk about the Lady Eagles who put one up at the buzzer and win it. The Lady Eagles playing some good basketball right now, and the guy who's had a bird's-eye view of the whole thing is Jason Baker, the voice of the Lady Eagles. He will join us next as this Friday edition of the Eagle Hour continues after these commercial messages. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Eagle Hour continues on this Friday. Happy to have you along. Second segment. 
brought to you every day at Campus Bookmark, located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, two weeks away from the opening pitch of baseball season. They got everything you need for the Pete to cheer on the Golden Eagles. Campus Bookmark on Hardy Street or, as always, 24-7 online, campusbookmark.net. We're in the Southern Bancor Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg, Luke, Michael, and Kelly today. And uh, we talked men's basketball in that first segment. And uh, last night in uh, in Reed Green Coliseum, an exciting, a thrilling, uh, down to literally the last shot, and Lady Eagles defeat FIU by a score of 65-64. to They improved to 5-4 and four, uh, in the West, 13-7 and seven overall here to talk about uh, with us about it, the play-by-play voice of the Lady Eagles, Jason Baker. What's up, buddy? Luke, man, great to, great to be on with you fellas. And, uh, yeah, what a night it was, man. So we, we uh, just state the obvious. <laughs> what happened at the very end, and then and then we'll walk back through the game because it was a gritty uh, gritty performance by uh, Coach Joy Lee McNellis's Eagles. But but tell us about it. I mean, you're, you're sitting there courtside and, and uh, set the stage for us and walk us through what happened. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know, you go down 63-60 at a certain point. Uh, they make one of two free throws um, after Dom had hit a big three, Dominique Davis. Um, we refer to her as Dom. Um, it's really hard to call her Dominique. But, uh, you know, we're down at that point, uh, uh, 64-63, and uh, you've got, you know, point, uh, I think it was 6.3 seconds left in a sideline play. And, you know, I tweeted afterwards, it's, Basketball is a funny game because when you've got a shooter like what we've got and a scorer like what we have, everybody in the building knew who was getting the basketball, at least to start the play, right, at least to initiate the offense. And then uh, Joy Lee McNellis said on the post-game show there was an option for a kick out to the corner to Brickayla Gray. But everybody knew, like, Dominique Davis lives for these moments. She told us so. And you just had a feeling like, hey, man, she's fixing to have a moment. And um, it's a wonderful scream from Kelsey Jones. Uh, that can't be overlooked. I've had several people on the Twitter machine this morning tweeting at that, and, and they're, they're dead on it. Kelsey set just an incredible screen. Dom comes off to her right, and I, and I love her for this. You know, a lot of people just automatically try to settle for the three or maybe try to get to the hoop. But I think – you know, she understood where to get where open space was going to be on the floor, which was at the free throw line, and she shoots it over their best player in Kylan Nelson and Hope Butera. And, uh, man, she took care of the rest, and uh, we're starting to kind of uh, learn a little bit about her. You know, I've kind of donned, donned it on time, and uh, late in these games, you just know who's going to get the ball, and, man, thankfully she wears the black and gold now. Drained it, and uh, th- that's really the key. We had Coach McNellis on – uh, a couple weeks ago, or, or last week, may have been uh, Jason, and just the weapons that she has. I mean, she's got uh, she's got two or three uh, bigs down low. She's got uh, a shooter, just like you described with Dom Davis, transfer from LSU. She's got Gray, and she's got like depth on the bench. I mean, this is the most complete team that Joy Lee has, has put out there in quite a while. I think so, Luke. Um, and you know, I, I think without if if we had not lost Macy Weaver. Um, I would have told you we, we could play with anyone in this league. I still may believe that. We'll see. We haven't seen them all, so it's kind of hard to make that statement. But you're right. Complete. You've got a post presence that you have to account for. 
um, in Kelsey and Malia. I mean, look, Malia Grayson's capable of dumping in 25 on a, on a given night. The problem with Malia is she's drawing most of the, the defensive coverage, and I think that's, you know, aiding to some of Dominique's success. And, you know, I think at a certain point you got to pick which one you want to try to stop, right? And, um, you know, last night they chose to slow Dom down, and they did for – uh, about three and a half quarters, but she really hit some timely shots. The three-pointer um, ahead of the, the dagger, if you will, the two-point shot was just a massive shot um, at that point to tie it up 63-63. And so, yeah, I, I would agree, Luke. It uh, certainly seems that way, and like a Rose Warren is so versatile. Lauren Gross wasn't available last night. Um, she She's a versatile piece, adds a great piece to the floor as well, and you know, you got senior point guard and Deja Allman that has played a ton of basketball in black and gold. JB, you get to see this uh, women's team, you know, uh, more than the layperson, you know, sitting at, at home or, or a fan even in the stands. With what they did at Rice last week and pulling this one out uh, last night, do you, do you sense a, a swag, a swagger that this team is starting to get now at the right time as you, as you head near the finish line of the regular season and then ultimately into the Conference USA postseason tournament? Yeah, Kelly, I do. Um, I, I, I do. Um, you know, I think they've had a couple of games get away from them. You know, you take last Saturday against Middle. You know, I think they had a 12-point lead maybe late in that ball game going into the fourth quarter and, and lose by 10. Like, that's, that's characteristic of, of Joy Lee McNellis' team. She doesn't, she doesn't allow teams to kind of falter in those, those sets. And then the other night at North Texas, I think this team needed some verification on the road, how good they were. North Texas was one of the top teams picked in the league. And we had a lead with two minutes left that it get away from us as well, which they've got arguably one of the better players in the year. She was a preseason player of the year in Quincy Noble, and she took over the game under two minutes, which is what good players do. And I think from that moment, leaving the Super Pit in Denton, I think this team – had a great meeting on Friday with their coach and an enlightening meeting that I would say that, like, hey, like, we're good enough. Like, that was, you know, one of the top teams picked. If they weren't first, they were picked second behind UTEP in the West in the preseason poll. And, you know, you guys played with them all the way through and, like, had a lead with two minutes left, and we just didn't execute. So now you go on the road and, and get a 30-point win like we or 23-point win like we did against Rice, and it's carried some momentum in. You know, the oddity of what's happening for us, Kelly, with four home games in a row, I don't think can be overstated because that doesn't happen in collegiate basketball. And it's, it's happened to us because of COVID, because of the COVID game that was delayed against UTSA. And so we're very fortunate for, you know, the next seven days, we're going to sit here and play some basketball in Hattiesburg. And, you know, there, there's some games that are winnable that I think you talk about momentum. You know, if you can somehow get these first three – You'd be playing for first in the West against UAB next Thursday night. We're talking Lady Eagle basketball with Jason Baker, the voice of the Lady Eagles. Jason, I don't know if it was on your Twitter feed, but I did see somewhere the um, that was something that was taped on the rail at the Coliseum about the preseason projections that the Lady Eagles were picked to finish second to last in the Conference USA standings overall this year. How, normally, and I know that preseason polling is kind of for fun and all that, but normally they're not too far off, whoever they are. They're generally not too far off. How have they missed so badly on this Lady Eagle team? How could they have been so far off? Well, I don't think they knew. I think at the time of that poll, they knew about Dom Davis. They knew about Macy Weaver. But 
You know, Dominique did play a lot at LSU. She played, just not like tons and tons of minutes, and she didn't play a lot of minutes in succession. So I don't think the book was written yet on how good of a player she was. And had there not been a coaching change, I'm not so sure she wouldn't still be at LSU. But they hired Kim Mulkey, and um, just through a conversation, it was determined it would be best for Dom to hit the transfer portal. And so that's how they missed is, uh, you know, she look, she's top five in assists. And she's top five in points in the league, and there's not another soul that can um, state that in this league. That's how good she is right now, and that's what kind of level of basketball she's playing. And yeah, it was. I tweeted a picture out. I haven't seen that from us yet. They, the girls have mentioned it. They've mentioned that preseason poll on a couple of times, but I haven't seen like a, a fact, if you will, of them like using it for motivation until last night. I just happened to be walking back over to my table and. I looked and saw this preseason poll. I don't know who taped it there. I, I haven't asked the girls yet, but I will. And, um, yes, it was taped there right as they're entering Reed Green Coliseum. As they come out the tunnel, it's literally taped to that rail where basically they either have to touch it or look at it um, to enter the court. And so um, I do think it's a motivating factor. I think, you know, I, and that, y'all know Joy Lee well enough, right? Right. She's going to use a, a – a, a thing like this to kind of keep a team motivated. And, um, you know, I think we're, you know, I think when you get next to last, like when you look on there and you see next to last and that's where we were voted. Um, yeah. I think they're playing with a little chip on their shoulder and man, it's, it's kind of fun to kind of be a part of that and kind of watch it all kind of play itself out right now. Luke Johnson, I'm not sure we'd even recognize Jason Baker at this point because um, Mr. Watching what I eat uh, is, <laughs> Is down right. his New Year's resolution, man. He's kicking that weight off. Um, I admire you, Jason. I don't know if I'll recognize you next time. All that weight I you're losing. Appreciate that, Kelly. Yeah, I was doing great till my wife brought home a Dong Fung uh, king cake into the uh, into the household the other night. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate you. that, Kelly. <laughs> Get behind me, Satan, those king cakes. That's know? right. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, uh, like you said, Jason, uh, three more home games coming up. Lady Eagles will take on FAU at 2 p.m. on Saturday, Monday at home against UTSA, and then a big one next uh, next Thursday night uh, against UAB. Exciting stuff. Six of the 13 ladies on this roster are from the state of Mississippi. So uh, good stuff, opportunity uh, to come watch them. If you can't catch a game, of course, Jason will be on the call for every Golden Eagle Lady basketball game. Jason, thanks uh, for your time. Stay warm today, man. Have a great weekend. Luke, I appreciate you guys so much for having me on. And, uh, yeah, rally behind this team. Uh, Dom Davis and these Lady Eagles are worth the price of admission, I assure you. Good stuff. That's Jason Baker. We'll step aside. Hey, breaking news on the Southern Miss football future scheduling front. You want to hear this. Eagle Hour continues right after these messages. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Appreciate Jason Baker taking some time spending with us. Lady Eagles win last night 65-64 on Dom Davis's last second shot. And uh, Lady Eagles, man, rolling. Uh, right now in Conference USA in the West, they're uh, two games or a game and a half behind UAB, 13-7 and seven overall, 5-4 and four in Conference USA. But, but like we said, three home games coming up. 
And uh, if they win these next two, which, Kelly, are very, very winnable games, next Thursday night, hot ticket in the greenhouse as they take on the West uh, leader, UAB. Because it doesn't happen, as Jason mentioned, because of COVID and other extreme circumstances. You just don't get four games a row in a row at home, particularly Southern Miss when you know the Eagle basketball teams have had to go on the road to you know for some money games early in the season. So yep. to get four in a row is unheard of. Good and stuff. yeah, they are playing well. So good stuff. So congrats to them. Thanks for uh, for for Jason. Talking to us, if you missed that, you can always catch Eagle Hour later on demand at supertalk.fm or in podcast form on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. We are live from the Southern Bancor Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Bob out today, Michael producing for us, and uh, Luke and Kelly here uh, to talk all things Southern Miss. Third segment is always brought to you by home of the 895 Lunch, 4th Street, just across uh, Highway 49 from the University of Southern Mississippi. They're all Southern Miss over there, and probably uh, the the largest collection of Southern Miss artifacts in existence in one place. Now, see, Fourth I, Street. I call it sponsor of the Eagle Hour. memorabilia, but I guess <laughs> hey, somebody your age would call the those, shorts in the 1987 NIT schedule. There, those are artifacts. Artifacts. They will never <laughs> see the light of day again. All right, we promised right before the break. Breaking news today, literally about 25, 30 minutes ago. Give a shout-out to uh, my buddy Pat McGee, uh, for uh, Patrick McGee, for uh, sending us this. Um, while we were on air, it just announced, I think, around 110 today, Southern Miss and Mississippi State have a new home-and-home football series for the 2030 and 2031 football seasons. This is off uh, – fbschedules.com and you can always this is a great uh, website to go to it has like every team's future schedules but here it is so uh, apparently a copy of the contract was provided from a state public record request so here's game one will occur on Saturday September 14th 2030 the Mississippi State Bulldogs will travel to M.M. Roberts Stadium to take on Southern Miss. That's September 14th, 2030. The next season, September 13th, 2031, uh, the Golden Eagles travel to Starkville to take on the Bulldogs in Davis Wade Stadium. Now, this is uh, right now is going on as a part of a, a three-game series. Golden Eagles and State played in 2019. Uh in 2023, so next year, the Golden Eagles will play. Kelly, this is interesting. Deep in the season, Golden Eagles will play the Bulldogs in Starkville on November the 18th, and then the Bulldogs come to Hattiesburg uh, on August 30th for an opening game in 2025. So Southern Miss and Mississippi State now scheduled to play four times between 2023 and 2031, two of those games in Hattiesburg. Mississippi State has been obviously so much more open to playing the Eagle uh, athletic teams, including baseball. Um, it'd be great to see the Bulldogs and Eagles maybe play a basketball game, even if it is in Jackson or Gulfport or, or whatever. To see, but, So they've obviously been open to that idea. The other school, uh, other than baseball, and Coach Bianco, we've been giving you know large bouquets of applause or whatever you want to call it for his uh, his teams playing baseball, but but the other school doesn't seem to be too interested in playing uh, football or basketball against Southern Miss. It's well, a shame. It's been noted many times on this show, Ole right. Miss has a, a tremendous dodgeball team that, that they uh, will pull out on occasions, and uh, they have been uh, pumping that, vol- that dodgeball team against Southern Miss football since, uh, I think, 1984, 
and uh, we'll probably continue using that in uh, in the future. But yeah, kudos to Mississippi State. Uh, this will be, I think, we well, when we play them, we played them. 2013, 2014, or maybe in 2014, 2015, either either one of those, uh, Mississippi State has shown not only that they will schedule Southern Miss, but that they will come to the Rock and play. And so uh, just announced, fresh today, uh, according to epischedules.com, 2030, Bulldogs come to Southern Miss, and in 2031, Eagles will travel to Starkville. Good stuff, and that's exciting. So that's 10 years from now. <laughs> Now I don't. No, it's eight years. What are you talking about? Oh yeah, well I guess I guess, but still, at mine and Bob Getty's age, Luke, if if we're talking, if we're still doing this show, yeah, I'll be in my fifties when that happens. So yeah, eight years seems like ten. Well, me and Bob will be at life expectancy. Yeah. If, if God yeah. gives us that much time, but then, well, but still, it's good news. And football is unlike any other sport where you have to schedule, you know, that far out. It's a whole lot closer since October twentieth, nineteen eighty four. That's the last time that Ole Miss and Southern Miss played football. Ole Miss fans will be quick to point that Ole Miss leads that series eighteen to six. And before nineteen seventy six, the Eagles only won one game in the series. That was in nineteen seventy when uh, P. W. Underwood and the Eagles uh, beat Archie Manning in Oxford uh, by a score of thirty to fourteen. But we should note from nineteen seventy seven onward. Ole Miss and uh, Southern Miss played seven times. The Eagles won five of those seven and won four out of the last five. Thus, the uh, dodgeball program at, and, at the University of Oxford was started. Two weeks from today, weather permitting, the Golden Eagles will hit the baseball field for the first time. Highly anticipated 2022 season against North Alabama. Again, two weeks from today, the Eagle Hour will be there. Among our scheduled guests next week on the show include former pitcher J.C. Keyes, now in the Cincinnati Reds organization. Of course, he'll be no doubt cheering for the Bengals in the Super Bowl. But right now, he's in the minor leagues, and not good news today out of Major League Baseball is that uh, the, the owners of the Major League teams have requested a federal mediator to get on, on the talks between the owners and the Major League Baseball Players Association. This this has nothing to do with the Major League players, because people go, oh, all they want is more money. has nothing to do with the Big League players. They are really going to bat, metaphorically, for their little brothers in the minor leagues. That includes people like J.C. Keys and like Kirk McCarty and some of the guys that are, that are in the minors. They want the minor league guys to be given more money, because... You know, it's it's great to be able to get to the bigs, and you can make big money being in the major leagues, but it takes a little time to get there. And, you know, the big league players don't want the minor league players to practically have to starve to death before getting that big break. So they want bigger salaries, which still, I mean, they are minuscule right now. Uh, so they want those salaries to be increased. They want housing uh, provided for the players, you know, food stipends, things like this, just to make life better as a minor leaguer. However, the Major League Baseball Players Association told the owners today, no, they will not allow a federal mediator to get involved in the discussion between the two sides. The bottom line on this, Luke, right now, opening day is very much in jeopardy. Very much in jeopardy. Spring training most certainly is going to get started late now. But late, it's a small word, but you've got a lot of time encompassing this. It could be it could start maybe two or three days late. It could start a month late. 
It could start two months. We just we have no idea at this point. The only thing that we do know is the Major League Baseball season, as we know it and have come to know it in the past, is in jeopardy. It does not look at all like it's going to start on time this year. It's really frustrating because, you know, you get through 2020, and as weird as that was, I mean, how, how great was it last year, specifically on, on opening day? Was it the Rangers that had opening day last year? And, and, man, for the first time in two years, you heard, like, crowds, home runs, because the 2020 season was absolutely miserable because you could hear everything. You could hear somebody talking in a suite, you know, way above third base. Yeah, you even got to see Dr. Fauci sitting there with no mask <laughs> when he was telling everybody else to wear one. <laughs> so, but and it, and it ended well last year with, with the hometown Atlanta Braves, so to speak, our, oh, kind of our man. team around here winning the whole thing. Yeah, and so, you know, people – Feel like uh, you know sports fans feel like, and, and I'm a Cubs fan, and and uh, you know we're gonna be terrible this year. But anyway, you get used to getting that back when you when you come home for work, or you know in the afternoon if you're at work, you just kind of check the box score and check the lineup, and you know maybe in some places you got the game streaming somewhere you can glance at, and just all that's disrupted, and it just again feels like what are we doing? COVID, you know, um, whatever COVID's gonna do, but it's just. It, it's so frustrating, and, it, and there comes a point where you would think it never happens, but you would think that all these guys that say the fans matter and the game's for the fans, you just wish somebody would believe it occasionally. I think it's great, though, that the guys, that the multimillionaires that are the major league players are stepping up for the minor league guys. I mean, I guess sure. and I, and most of those guys were minor league players themselves at one point. But sometimes when you start making that money, you kind of forget the underlings. It's well, you know, I, yeah, I'm just I'm talking about the owners. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm talking about okay. these people that, you know, that, that their their product doesn't exist without 100 years of towns like Boston and Chicago and New York and, and Detroit and places like that. Well, here, here's the big argument, too. And the major league players are saying this. Look, you've cut all these minor league teams, all right? So you're not spending near the money you used to spend just maintaining these major league teams. You've got the extra money. Let's give it to the minor league players. Yes. Certainly, certainly makes sense. When we come back, Melissa Socher has some great news regarding the fundraiser that we're involved with, with Mississippi Made and More, regarding Coach Corky Palmer's fundraiser as the maestro, Barry White, takes us to commercial break. The Eagle Hour returns with a Friday edition after this timeout. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. This final segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by D1 and DBAT Training. You know, it might be really cold, overcast, and just nasty outside in South Mississippi, but that shouldn't stop your prospective softball or baseball player from getting inside at D1 and DBAT, getting those cuts in, those swings ready for the softball and baseball season. You can set their pitching machines to speeds, arm angles, curveballs, change-ups, anything that you want to help your youngster get ready to go. And always, always very clean. That's something that especially impresses me about D1 and DBAT in this COVID era we're living in. I mean, everything is wiped down like all the time. It's one of the, if not the cleanest facility you're ever going to be in. You need to check it out. D1 DBAT on Hardy Street 
locals know it as Highway 98, but up there near the interstate. Glad to be uh, part of the D1 and DBAT and have them on the Eagle Hour. Melissa Socher joins us now on the hotline to bring us some great news regarding the fundraiser for Corky Palmer, former Southern Miss baseball coach. Again, the fundraising effort's been going on now since last fall, and the baseball season now just two weeks away. It seemed like forever, Melissa, last fall before baseball season was going to get here, and now we're on the cusp of it. Bring us up to date. Some great news, we understand. Yes, so we are at $21,783 with the Corky Palmer Medical Expenses Fundraiser. And, you know, just doing this campaign for a few months, this is absolutely incredible. I'm just blown away. Um, by all of Corky's friends, um, past players, current players. Um, and it, it's just amazing the people that have stepped forth and um, given to this cause. Um, we understand that he's doing um, really good these days. And, um, you know, what a great way to lift his spirits and to help his family out with this fundraiser. And usually with fundraisers, like any fundraiser, it has a really quick start. Then there tends to be a lull in the middle. And then as you get close to the finish line, donations and stuff start picking up again. I'm guessing that's that's the lifeblood of this uh, or the chronology of this fundraiser as well. Is that fair to say? Yep, that's correct. And, um, you know, a lot of people say, um, well, you know, I thought that fundraiser was over. You know, that was a few months ago, but it's still ongoing. And um, we would love to get to $25,000 um, by opening weekend on the 18th. And we're hoping, of course, for the only thing we can't control is the weather. And we're hoping right. that February 18th um, will bring good weather. But even should the weather be bad and you don't make it to the game, you can get on galabid.com. That's G-A-L-A-B-I-D, galabid.com. And if you'll search Corky Palmer in yes. the search bar, it will pull up how you can make a contribution, but also still buy tickets for the drawings for these great prizes, including the stained glass works uh, from Barbara Taylor Gandy. That's correct. Um, so there's the, the beautiful stained glass piece with the eagle head and the Corky Palmer, um, you know, dates of service at USM, um, his famous number, um, and... Um, you know, his name on the stained glass. And then we have a mini size stained glass as well. And um, about five or six other wonderful prizes, a replica MLB helmet signed by Brian Dozier. Um, we have one of Corky's jerseys um, that he actually wore on the field, framed, ready to go. That's one of the prizes. Um, a beautiful glass uh, baseball bat and masking matching uh, whiskey glasses with Corky's name and number on them, a decanter set, um, and just a lot of other priceless uh, memorabilia that people have brought in. Again, it's just been overwhelming um, with the support that folks have come forth with on this campaign. And I I think Coach Palmer, more than anybody, could probably use a change of scenery, too. You know, if if he could get out to a couple ball games and... and, Wouldn't that uh, be wonderful? Yeah, and and not... Because it's when you can put a, a face and a name to people and just a hug and a handshake and a, hey, how you doing means so much when because of medical situations and COVID and everything else, you just haven't been able to be 
out much of anywhere. So it would be great to be able right. to you know get him to come to a couple of games this season. Anything else you want to? Uh, and of course, the opening day, Melissa, is when the presentation is actually going to be made. And I'm sure maybe right up to the last minute, they'll be taking uh, collections, contributions, whatever, toward this effort. Right. We'll have a table set up that um, for that whole series that weekend. So we'll be um, selling tickets and taking donations um, through Sunday. And that would, yeah, against North Alabama. All right, 18th, Melissa. 19th and 20th, yes. Melissa Socher from Mississippi Made and More. You can drop off contributions uh, there as well. But again, that email uh, location, not email, but um, the web address, galabid, G-A-L-A, bid.com. Search Corky Palmer. Get your tickets or make a contribution online. It's that simple. Melissa, thanks again so much for the update. And if we don't get to talk to you, see you before opening weekend, we'll see you at the Pete. That's right, and as I understand, they're, they're, they've just about sold all their tickets, but there's a few left, so get your baseball tickets. <laughs> Got to. Thanks, Melissa. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. All right, busy weekend uh, for tennis and basketball. The tennis taking on Jacksonville State at home. Women uh, home tomorrow at 2 p.m. against FAU Men on the Road down in Boca at 3 p.m. And then Kelly track and field of all places they're at south alabama on sunday oh boy let's do it big (laughs) let's Let's hope we can talk about a win over the jags but wherever you are across the state of mississippi we hope you hope you have a great weekend a week from sunday of course is the big day super bowl the official super bowl we'll talk more about that and have a great list of guests for you next week all regarding southern miss sports until then for producer michael mergens and luke johnson i'm kelly sander thanks so much Southern Miss to the, the top. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.